Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is directly across from me and diametrically opposed to all things commonsensical that I would espouse on the other side of the glass. Mr. Will you ever espouse something commonsensical? We'll see whether I agree with it. <laughs> Okay. On the other side of the glass is Mr. Rob Center. He's our fabulous producer. And on the news line, we have our first guest. So let me introduce the show. On the market sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. Uh, after our first interview of the day, our toll-free line will be open. At that time, you can call 1-800-795-9565. If you have a question or observation for our guests, you can email it at onthemarket.com. And you can text us at 70236. We would just uh, love to hear from you in that manner or any other that you wish to contact us. On the news line with us now, State Representative Linda Schlegel-Culver, 108th District, good Republican, and uh, probably busier than ever uh, these days. Uh, Thank you so much for calling in. Good morning. Morning, Linda. Absolutely. Good morning. I do appreciate it. Uh, what, what is your I appreciate it, too, Linda. <laughs> we we appreciate both appreciate it. it. <laughs> okay, so we got that out of the way. See, Joe and I are in full agreement today. Okay. Uh, your view, the partial shutdown and the stay-at-home order, we've seen a lot of pushback from uh, some of the alpha males around here. Uh, wh- tell us about one of the alpha ladies. What's your view on this? So, uh, I mean, we are in uh, uncertain times. We've never been here before. Um I, I can't, you know, I can't say I completely agree with everything the governor has done, um, but you can't fault him either because I think he's acting on the information he has before him and what he's comfortable with. And if you talk to anybody about, you know, COVID-19, there are views from nobody should leave their house for six months to I don't believe in this, I'm not wearing a mask, I'm not changing anything and then everywhere in between. So, I mean, you have to give him respect. He holds the office of the governor. Uh, You don't have to like what he's doing or not. Um, Obviously, you've seen uh, the legislature. You know, we were elected to be the voice of the people, and we're doing our very best to respond to, you know, the inquiries and the complaints and the concerns that we've been receiving. And, um, you know, we've been looking at data from other states, from other health institutions. You know, we've been consulting with our hospitals. Um, You know, some of some of our members have been, you know, consulting with other scientists and other ways of thinking. Um, I, I don't know that we're going to know what was the right course of action to we're past this for quite a while, and we can look back and reflect. Um, so all we can do at this point is go with the information we have. And uh, as you know, we're getting ready, we hope, to move into the yellow zone here on May 8th, uh, which will open up quite a few more things, but still require the mask and the social distancing um, and some modifications at people's work. So, yeah, I mean, the best thing I can tell people at this point is, you know, we are doing our very best to respond. 
um, you know, to the needs of families, uh, individuals, businesses, um, based upon their feedback. So now, more than ever, it's important to be communicating with your elected officials. Well, Linda, a lot of your colleagues have been complaining about the governor's lack of transparency, and I see the two state senators at least are planning on filing, are possibly subpoenaing uh, the records and emails and other, everything related to his exclusion list and whether or not uh, people got exemptions and how they got exemptions. Does the way that's been handled worry you at all? I mean, it's been extremely frustrating um, when you have very like businesses, some open, some not open, um, especially like, you know, family-owned businesses where they're already living together and they're going in and doing construction on a vacant site. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, we, I've had conversation with the governor's office. I'm like, couldn't we have approached this maybe differently and said, you know, these are the guidelines I want followed, whether it be sanitary, social distancing. If you can do it safely, you can open and then create that hotline for you know people who don't feel they're doing that. Um, they didn't feel people would adhere to it, but I think if you shut down enough businesses because they weren't adhering, people were adhering. I mean, I can tell you we've had several businesses uh, that were allowed to remain open because they were essential, and then businesses getting ready to open who called me and said, can we talk to somebody about making sure we're doing the sanitization right and we're doing the social distancing right because we can't afford to have our employees sick or to run through our whole company. Um, so I think our employers are responding, or at least trying to respond, to the, you know, to the information that they have and to best protect their employees. Well, you basically just have to try to learn it or read it on your own. I mean, you couldn't get a labor and industry or DCED or Department of Health inspector at individual places. We actually heard that from some places who said, well, what should I do here or in this particular case? You know, you, you couldn't get a lot of information. Is that just because, you know, this is so new or does uh, labor and industry and Department of Health and maybe the governor's office just not have the staff all the rest of the year to do that kind of thing? Individual helps. I mean, anybody's asked me, I've been able to have somebody call them um, from one of the governor's departments to talk them through it. Um, so, I mean, if somebody is interested, they should call me. I, I will try and get the same, um, you know, set up for them as well. But, yeah, it, I, I think they're just completely overwhelmed. Um, you know, we have what, about 1.6 million people on unemployment right now, uh, filing every two weeks. We have some, I learned yesterday, that still haven't received that first week. Um, so, you know, we, we're doing the best that we can. And, you know, I know people are frustrated that they can't get answers, but then you have all of the legislators trying to get answers. And we've been told, like, some, some agencies won't respond to us for 10 days or, you know, we're trying to find different ways in to get our answers. And, I mean, it's been extremely frustrating. I won't lie. Um, and, and so if it's frustrating for me, it has to be frustrating for everybody out there because everyone feels a little uncertain as to what they're allowed to do, what they're not allowed to do. Um, and I don't think, by and large, people want to put anybody else at jeopardy. If you had to speculate, and I'm sure you, it's asking a lot to, for an exact number, but what, what percentage of state government and functions are working at the moment? I mean, fully functional. Uh, I actually don't know the answer to that. Um, that's a good question. Um, I know like the House and the Senate are fully functional. Even though we're remotely, we're fully functional. Um, and that's been an interesting all in itself, trying to figure out how you do caucus and how you do session, you know, virtually. And um, it's funny to see staff sitting in their homes, you know, going over bills with us. And um, I don't know. I mean, the liaisons are all working because we're calling them on their cell phones. And um, 
and I think labor and industry is all working. Uh, I don't think transportation is. I don't know what revenue is doing. So I'm not sure if that's a good question. Well, the governor said he's going to let some construction go. What about our major projects around here? And what about PennDOT? Are they functioning or are they still at home? Uh some of them are functioning. I don't know that all of them are functioning. Um, you know, we've had, I mean, obviously, even though we're in a crisis, business still goes on. Um, so I've had some requests in dependent that they were unable to uh, accommodate, and they were not emergencies um, that they plan on accommodating as soon as they are allowed to get them back to work. So I'll be interested to see if the governor lets them all go or if it's just in the yellow zones that are allowed to go back to work first. What kind of legislation are you working on? I know the governor vetoed or promised to veto anything that <laughs> would have uh, sort of usurped or overrode him. Uh, what can you work on that you think would be a productive endeavor? So one of the things he did say, we, we believe, to one of our House members, we have two House members working on getting the real estate back up and open, uh, as all the other states around us have been allowed to do. Um, and of course, with the protections you know, in the sanitary situation, um, we were told yesterday that he said he would sign that. Um, he worked with our, you know, both House members. Uh, yesterday, you know, we did some amendments on it that maybe not everybody loved, but as long as he was willing to sign that to get them back to work. Um, I mean, we have people living in hotels that were just getting ready to sign on a house that already moved out of their house, paying for, you know, their stuff to be in storage because they can't move into their house. Um, you know, we, life goes on, I guess, regardless of whether you have a crisis going or not. Uh, we're just trying to lessen the impacts on people's everyday lives, yet at the same time keep them safe. So that is one we think he will sign. Uh, it remains to be seen. We'll pass it out of the House today on third consideration, send it over to the Senate, and then I think they'll pass it and get it to the governor. He talks about uh, unemployment compensation uh, dilemmas uh, being very slowly resolved. Uh, are you hearing that from constituents, that this is slowly getting better and, and more people are getting through? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, us too, it, but that's another problem, topic. I would say 60% of my staff's calls right now, um, and we're averaging between 70 and 100 calls per day minimum. Um that's not including, you know, emails, web contacts, and, and texts that we're getting. Um, so, yeah, people are still really frustrated trying to get answers. We're trying to get them answers. I mean, you think about it, your income dries up overnight. Uh, thinking, you know, you hear all these great things, all these programs that are out there. and I know they're overwhelmed. We've gotten briefings from labor and industry, and they're really trying hard. Um, but you can't go, I know they're working three shifts. You know, they've tripled the amount of employees that are, you know, working on processing claims, but I'm sure that not all of them were trained. And, um, you know, they said some people don't know exactly how to fill them out, so if there's anything not exactly right, it kicks it into another area that needs a review. And um, if you've never done it before, how, you know, how do you know you're doing it right? So... We've had a lot of questions, a lot of concerns, and we're continuing to work with people on it. Well, I see that a lot of uh, municipalities are following the state's lead and are extending the discount period, or the regular period, I should say, for the property taxes. Uh, revenue is certainly going to be a consideration going forward for the state. I saw this morning the lottery sales are off. You know, what do you think the long-term impact will be on Pennsylvania's finances, and how, and what role should the General Assembly play in bringing it back? So, I mean, we think this is going to be a multi-year recovery, um, and we are preparing for that. Uh, we've passed a bill, or we're almost ready to pass a bill. I'm not sure where that one's at, 
where we are requiring all departments to and everybody to look at the debt that they were carrying our current debt load and refinancing to free up some money uh, we have asked and are trying to put into law that we do not spend any monies that are not required to be spent right now or not already promised um, until we figure out you know what are the true costs of having the state shut down for so long um, we hope to have a budget done by May 31st um, now, you're, as you know, we've extended when we're collecting taxes, and that's what we base our budget on. So, you know, taxes won't come in until July. So we're thinking of doing um, a stopgap measure or a short-term budget to get us through the crisis. And then once we know what our revenues are in July, August, going back and doing what we know what we actually have. Um, our main concern is meeting the needs of our constituents right now. So all the extras, as I'm sure everybody's doing at home, are going to have to wait until we get through this. Well, this is a transportation-related question, and I know you're a member of the House Transportation Committee. But with the price of gasoline dropping so low and the funding for PennDOT so dependent on the uh, cap, uncapping of the oil franchise tax, are we going to have enough money to complete the projects we have underway? I think we will complete the projects we have underway. It may affect uh, future projects that are not underway. Um, it's not just that. The Turnpike Commissions, um, what they're collecting is down. Um, people aren't traveling. So, as you know, what's coming into the fund is down. And we were already had a task force together working on how we build it up from where it's at. And we're going to reconvene, I believe, um, and look at where we're at now because it's different than where we were when we thought we could resolve some of the issues. So. Yeah, I, I think PennDOT is going to be in transportation projects will be a major concern of ours going forward. Well, the uh, Turnpike Commission running into deficit is kind of <laughs> like standard operating procedure, isn't it? <laughs> um, I think we were alarmed as to where they were, and we're trying to get them out of that, and this has made it uh, significantly more difficult. Are you starting to hear what uh, going into the yellow phase entails for individual businesses like nail salons, barbers, tattoo shops? That's what Georgia allowed to reopen. Are we hearing? Are you hearing from those kinds of businesses saying, where are we on that kind of a scheme? I am, and personally, I'm really excited to get my hair cut. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sure most people can tell you. Um, if you look at us on the House floor, you can tell. No one's had their hair done in a long time, <laughs> both male and female. Um, I, I, what we're hearing is, I, I've, and this, I've not seen it in writing, it was a verbal uh, conversation with one of the governor's liaisons, is that, yes, they might be able to open in yellow, um, with social distancing and, you know, the sanitary things in place. Um, and, and a lot of our hairdressers are, you know, you know they're self-proprietors, they're in their own shop, so they have a lot of control. Um, I did ask about restaurants and fire companies being able to open, you know, their dining rooms uh, with social distancing, maybe less tables, maybe outside. Uh, I was told no, still no. Um, I just thought it would do, you know, a lot to build people's morale just to get out of the house and if we could do it safely, you know, help these businesses reopen. But I was told that's a no. Uh, and verbally, uh, perhaps, you know, hairdressers, barbershops. I'm not sure about nail salons. I didn't have that conversation. Well, some states are letting their restaurants open with limited capacity and, a, and yes. all these safety procedures. Why is it that Pennsylvania thinks that's unsafe where other states think it's okay? So it's probably a difference in philosophy on where you're at on how to manage the COVID-19. Um, I think House members are willing to give that a try. 
I do not think the governor's office is uh, willing to do that at this point. But, I mean, he does kind of change his mind as he's been going, so we're hoping, uh, even just in some of the yellow phases, because he's not opening the whole state at once, if he, he would allow them to do that, he could see pretty quickly if we start to spike. It's time for my annual beer at the Rescue Hose Company, so <laughs> I need this place to open so I can finally get down there and enjoy a meal uh, with social distancing, of course. So hopefully that will right. that will that will happen. Uh, anything you would like to add? Maybe something we didn't ask you or an important point you would like to make? I mean, I think we've been. I mean, we've been passing a lot of bills. You know, we did the construction project bill, and now he's opening that. So I don't know if that'll go any further. We've created a bipartisan interbranch task force to track and manage the cost of any crisis and develop solutions together with our leaders, not just the governor's office. Um, you know, it would be people from the Senate, people from the House, and then a, a list of other people from other departments uh, that would be more involved in the decision-making so that, you know, I don't know how much real-time feedback the governor gets, but I get it constantly. Um, and that consulting with us, who are, are more in tune, you know, with the people directly, I think would be smart because people have a lot of great ideas. Um, you know, we did the e-notary, uh, which allows our notaries to open back up, our car dealerships to, you know, open back up, um, and, and it helps with real estate as well, which is allowing us to open them back up. You know, we allow municipalities to do their meeting, you know, still including the public with everybody's new favorite or the Zooms, you know, the Microsoft Teams and um, all the different things people are doing. Uh, and, you know, we did talk about us trying to get that budget done on time. You know, the first thing we went back and did, though, is we did increase the personal protective equipment uh, for people on the front lines, and we immediately sent money to the hospitals and took care of the school district, um, you know, learning online and some of their financial information in the very beginning. So we are still trying to do things like accelerate property tax rent rebates getting out to people tax credit to employers to allow their employees to respond as first responders um, protections for police fire and other first responders right now we're working on some financial assistance uh, for our uh, emergency responders our, our you know, fire companies our ambulance crews so we're working on that right now um, and reducing that debt is one of our major things so when we continue to dialogue with the governor's office I just think people should know everybody's at a different place um, COVID-19 is affecting everybody differently so make sure you're communicating with me my staff um, on anything just so we can make sure we're responding appropriately I think one thing I haven't touched on yet is, you know, if you've seen the data, uh, we are really concerned uh, about our nursing homes. Um, half the deaths in the state seem to be coming from there, and um, we're trying to figure out how do we keep the workers safe, how do we keep the people in the nursing homes safe. Um, it's a real concern to us, and we have been dialoguing with the governor's office from the very beginning on that. It seems to be something nobody's talking about, um, but we're very concerned. I see the president uh, has called or suggested that maybe opening up the schools for a month here in May to June might be beneficial. But our, our kids have lost so much. The high school seniors losing their graduation ceremonies, losing their proms, and all, all the things that make that senior year such a special time. Uh, in Sealands Grove, the kids lost the fifth grade camp. You know, do you think there's any chance at all the governor will find some way to at least open up the schools long enough for the kids to put their books back and maybe go through some of the end of end of school rituals uh i have not gotten that indication from his office that he is going to allow that 
and I don't think he's given that direction to the schools. I think the schools are kind of in, let's get the school ready for the next year. Um, I know some of our schools have scheduled a graduation for June, July, and August, thinking if we go into green zone somewhere, at least the parents have a date ahead of time. Uh, so if June comes, we're still yellow, we don't do it. You know, if July comes, uh, still yellow, we don't do it. And if August comes and we're green, um, maybe they can do a graduation ceremony for the kids. All right, yeah, as yeah. long as you're spaced out enough a distant, distantly, you could, I don't know, you'd have to do it out in the field somewhere. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Linda. Right. Yeah, thank you so much, so much uh, to talk about. Uh, so much is in flux. Keep in touch. Uh, feel free to send us an update anytime, anything you learn you'd like our audience to know. I know you send out newsletters and uh, constituent service and so on, but keep us informed. Let us know anything that's happening. Thank you. Sure. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. You too, Linda. Take care. Linda right. Schlegel-Calver, State Representative, 108th District. Uh, she's going to hear, too, we've talked this morning to Dr. Kathy Keegan up at Milton Area School District, rural broadband. You know, we've been talking about that for years. It's, it's kind of, sort of like a, uh, you know, a little asterisk at the end of every meeting. But now, you know, you wonder what's the cost. Well, they had to put in 200 hotspots around uh, the Milton area to try to make sure that everybody was connected. All right. We're going to take a quickie break, a speedy dive. Tyler could get a call through 1-800-795-9565. Got a couple of emails pending. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. 1-800-795-9565. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark, 1-800-795-9565. We thank all of our local lawmakers for checking in. Thursday, we're going to hear from Dr. Jason Bendel, Superintendent of Shikolami School District. So we'll talk to him about rural broadband. That has affected him and his budget. It's a budget buster. You know, they're not paying for transportation, but they got to pay for hot spots to get kids connected up all over the place where they don't have high-speed Internet, which, you know, you and I can afford it at home, but a lot of folks can't. Well, I mean, the it's a big dilemma. I have mine through uh, Service Electric, and it works beautifully. It's too bad not everybody has that cut capability. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We have a line that's parked red. It's not uh, blinking. I don't know if that's for us or not, but uh, maybe Rob will tell us. How about the email? Go ahead. Right. Oh, Sunbury police purchased a ranch-style building on Arch Street in Sunbury. The price is reasonable, but when I heard how much money they were going to put into the ranch-style building, not a hundred thousand, not a half million, but one million dollars into a ranch-style building, that's not even reasonable. The other statement I have is Arch Street is one way now. When the police 
go to an emergency, they're either going to have to go down Woodlawn Avenue and Alley or down one-way Arch Street. And is there some kind of grant that's going to take care of that renovations of this million-dollar project that us taxpayers don't know about? Thank you for allowing my statement to be made. Have a great day, guys. <laughs> well, this isn't a ranch-style building. It's a large, square commercial building, very Looks sturdily nice. built. Yeah. It's, it's really ideally suited for the police station. The one-way issue, uh, Chief Harris says, no, that's not a dilemma. They will use uh, Woodlawn Avenue to access 4th Street and, of course, lights and siren activated when necessary. Of course, they can go the wrong way on a one-way, I suppose, if they have to. Well, I, and it appeared to be, from the photos I saw of it, there appears to be parking spaces in the back of the building for the police cruiser, so... And this is two years of really meticulous, uh, detailed study. Now, as for the million-dollar cost, uh, that's to renovate and outfit it as a police department uh, sh- could be and should be outfitted. It's not just, uh, you know, uh, repainting the walls and so on. That's not going to happen. As for being a ranch-style house, I, you know, uh, that's what's... Uh, what well, it is one story. Or, okay, so, well, I mean, that's the, true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could call it ranch-style, yeah, but... far more than that. So I prefer to call it a one-story building. And they, uh, in answer to your question, yes, they are trying to procure grants. Uh, they're trying to get some state money, get some outside help. Whatever is available, <laughs> trying to get extra money from Harrisburg will be tough. But, of course, the city is capable of borrowing money for important big projects that have a long-term payoff. So, I mean, they would be able to uh, get a, um, what do they call it, a bond-type situation right. to, to do that if they need sure. to. And the city is so financially responsible that I, I just, I, I, Lawrence's worthless view is I don't see this as a big dilemma. I, you know, they'll cobble together, and uh, Jody's the person to do it if anybody can. Yep. Bobby, you get a brief remark before the top of the hour. Go right ahead. you got 30 seconds. Uh, yes. Uh, one uh, suggestion I was going to make was uh, the online companies uh, to give a break to, uh, uh, you know, to the consumer because our usage has been quadrupled everywhere. So somewhere along the line, some stimulus money or something ought to be allocated to, uh, I'm going to say, reduce the cost of operation for people. Oh, yeah, they have done that, especially Verizon anyway. A lot of free Wi-Fi and Internet service, electric cable visions doing the same thing with their stuff. So, yeah, a lot lot happened in that regard. You're listening to, thank you, Bobby, call back and we can hear more of your good thoughts. You're listening to News Radio 1070, WKOK Sunbury, first CBS News, then local news on WKOK and more on the mark. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe is here. Joe McGranahan, Mayor of Shamoka Dam. His honor did a proclamation about ringing the bells. So we'll talk about that as the week progresses. And that is this uh, Sunday night. Uh, let's see, Blue Angels flying over New York and Philadelphia. I would think if you're in a high spot around here, you might be able to hear it. I'm not sure that you'd even be able to see it from here. Although somebody who lives in this region said, 
wherever they're starting from, they flew there last night, and you could see them headed north. Mm -hmm. So they saw that just plane after plane after, or jet after jet, uh, very few lights on them, too, heading north. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the Blue Angels doing that flight today. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line now open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. That's 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com or text us at 70236. We would just love to hear from you. We did have a conversation a little bit earlier uh, about uh, Sunbury's new uh, police station building. It's going to be on Arch Street, million dollars in renovations. So that is our uh, top story this morning. In the news today, Sunbury City Council uh, holding an online meeting last night uh, voted to purchase a building on Arch Street and use that for their new police department. The vote was 4-1 to one in favor of the $125,000 building owned by the former Mayor Jesse Woodring's estate. Sunbury Police Chief Brad Hare gave the property a thumbs up and says it makes sense as a taxpayer and as a police chief. Yeah, all three buildings are good, but if I got to look at it, I can get everything I need and more with the Art Street property. At one th or check that at 337 Art Street. The building's had several occupants over the years, and renovation and equipment costs are estimated at about $1 million. The city's in the process of cobbling together a funding stream that would pay for that purchase. Another reduction in the number of new cases of COVID-19 across Pennsylvania in their daily update Monday. State Health Department said there were only 885 new positive test cases. That's a typical lull post-weekend. Numbers should be back to about 1,000 or so new as the week progresses, only one new case reported in the Valley. That was in Montour County, bringing their total up to 48. One of the Valley's local township supervisors, as we heard yesterday on the news line, went to the governor yesterday. Here's the governor's remark to uh, Billy Allred. Say we open up in Union County and Philadelphians start traveling to stay in Airbnbs in Union County, you're going to see a spike, and it's not your fault, I'm pretty sure that if we had done nothing, even in Union County, things would have been a lot worse. Governor Tom Wolf at his home in uh, Mount Wolf, PA, in York County. Billy Allred went there uh, to hold a sign and potentially to see the governor, which the governor agreed on the front yard, masks on all uh, at that location in, uh, or in York County. Billy afterwards said... That was a good conversation in that respect. I'm not sure I learned a whole lot. Trying to do the best he can, which I understand. And I hope that next week when he ponders Union County, he'll remember his pleasant interaction with me on his front yard. You can hear the whole conversation with both the governor and a police officer who was a bit of a bully at the scene. Uh, and uh, you can hear that online at WKOK.com. Golfers, boaters, anglers, and campers got some good news yesterday when the governor announced some restrictions on those outdoor activities will be loosened in the coming days. Outdoor recreation, he says, will be good for our mental health. <laughs> Give us uh, time to stop complaining about the governor, I said, I would think. State Department Health also released guidance for hospitals and other health care facilities to resume elective surgeries and other procedures in order to resume the elective surgeries. Uh, Secretary of Health Dr. Rachel Levine said the hospital or their health care facility must be 100% ready, ready with enough PPE, staff training, and testing ability to handle any kind of a surge that would uh, pop up. And let's see, do, 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 do. Where, do, where do we want to go here? Uh, 
I don't know. You're running this part of the program. <laughs> if know. you're lost, don't blame me. All right. The White House has released new guidelines aimed at answering criticism that America's coronavirus testing has been too slow. President Donald Trump is trying to pivot toward a focus on a reopening of the nation. The new testing targets would ensure states have enough COVID-19 tests available to sample at least 2.6% of their population each month, a figure that already met by a majority of states, areas that have been hard hit by the virus would be able to test at double that rate or higher. Still, there are doubts from public health experts that the White House's new testing targets are sufficient. So there you got it. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Yesterday, Asian celebrities speaking out against anti-Asian attacks uh, because of the uh, antiquated reference now of right. the, chi- what, what did he call it, the China flu? Well, did you hear? Yes. And now we have the Washington Post being blasted for claiming the Trump allies are amplifying Biden's accuser, Tara Reid. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. That's uh, The Washington that's Post. Quite, say that again. The Washington Post is being blasted for claiming the Trump's allies are amplifying the Biden accuser, Tara Reid. Wait, wait, wait. The Trump allies are amplifying... They're they're making a bigger deal out of Joe Biden's alleged improprieties. I got you. Okay. That is a weird headline. It it is a weird headline, but it's an even weirder story because here we go again. Uh, I remember all my liberal friends posted these things saying, I stand with Christine Blasey Ford, Mm. believe survivors. Not hearing a thing out of them now. Not a thing. Well, people may think it's time for the investigation, but the media is now. Well, the Washington Post, I mean, that's their, uh, they, whatever the president does, they go the opposite direction. That's Jeff Bezos. Well, they, they've been being slammed paper. late Monday night for their bizarre framing of the latest developments that emerged surrounding the allegations made yeah, that's by quite her the accuser. <laughs> yeah, Reid, who came forward last month accusing former Vice President Joe Biden of sexual assault at a staffer affair, has more corroborating evidence surface in recent days. A clip from the Larry King Live show, two of her friends. Well, there's something in inside business today about this that uh, somebody else is coming forward say, yeah, she told me all about right. it back in the early 1990s. So, I mean, you know, this is the kind of thing. There's more credible evidence here than there was against Brett Kavanaugh, uh, whose accuser didn't remember some of the things and whose friends didn't corroborate her story. What does Joe Biden say about all this? He's not saying oh, anything. Okay. His staff has denied it. <laughs> His sorry, campaign has denied question. it. But I understand progressives are getting a little upset about this. <clears throat> and, of course, now they've can't Canceled the New York primary, and Bernie is just livid. Well, I asked because my of that. bride about this, and she mm-hmm. hadn't heard anything about it. Remember, I predicted she hadn't heard anything about it. Uh, she had not heard anything about it, but she says, well, good. We'll get Joe Biden out and get Chris Cuomo, or Andrew Cuomo in. <laughs> well, that, they might be better off. I mean, he's not giving any interviews. He wouldn't even talk to the New York Times. Well, the CNN had a one-on-one, but they didn't ask him. <laughs> well, of course not. That would be embarrassing. They don't want to embarrass him. Right. 1-800-795-9565. Of course, we got pandemical things we can talk about, so give, that, give us a buzz related to that or the governor or uh, anything related to the reopening. We should have some decent reopenings around here. Probably about a third of the things that are shut should be reopened within two weeks or so. Uh, of course, that leaves two-thirds still closed down. Uh, and uh, Linda Schlegel-Culver said she had had a second-hand conversation with an authority about the fact that uh, some barber shops will be able to open. So hopefully that pans out and that <laughs> turns out to be true. The uh, person who does what's left of my hair had an offer of $100 to be the first person 
no, the first person back. <laughs> the first person that they oh, see. Oh, you don't need it that much. So <laughs> it wasn't me that made the offer. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I, my hair would be worth $100 for a cut. <laughs> well, it's not worth the 10 either, but that's just another topic, <laughs> isn't it? All right, 1-800-795-9565. 1-800-795-9565, the open phone. Uh, Dale standing by. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark in light and us. Yeah, I just wanted to under, don't understand how our commissioners are making business decisions on a new police station when, you know, I know I understand that we're making a lot of money on returns with the amphitheater and uh, the new prison and all like that. <laughs> They're not making any money on the amphitheater. And the commissioners aren't making any decisions. The commissioners run the county, not the city. Well, oh, like never commissioners been. approved uh, their 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 spending. Don't, don't no, they the commissioners have nothing to do with the city of Sunbury. The commissioners have nothing to do with the city of Sunbury. Well, who, who who has who gives them permission to just oh like? Oh my gosh! Now we got the. Have you ever there. heard of the city council? There's a mayor and uh, a city, city council. Okay, so so city council needs to explain the business decisions they're making because the amphitheater, the uh, you know the new coal township prison. <laughs> And then now, I mean, they're making a lot of money off that. I mean, the city of Sunbury, the city of Sunbury doesn't make a cent off the Coal Township prison. They'd have nothing to do with it other than they lodge inmates there. Okay, okay. Well, the amphitheater and the jaywalking tickets. I mean, they're making a lot of money now. <laughs> what? What? Wait, wait, wait. What money does the amphitheater bring in? I mean, I know. I mean, they said it's bringing business and a robust. Uh, they were. You know, ain't that how they marketed it and promoted it? Well, I suppose it's part of a wonderful city. It's really a great accoutrement in the city. But yeah, the revenue that it brings in is very incidental. Too. Yeah, we're getting a lot of money on jaywalking tickets and all. Now we're going to, you know, that's a million dollars dropping a bucket. We got that. I mean, that's nothing. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, that is a lot of money. I doubt seriously that more than one jaywalking ticket a month is issued, if even that. Well, they had a crackdown last oh, year. I thought they were, what? what they you, did? What do you mean? They had that a crackdown last year. Oh, did they? But I, last uh, year, yeah, they would. 20, 2019. I but. just want to know if they make this business decisions with their own money, the same way they make business decisions with the taxpayers. Because this this community is not business friendly at all. I mean. They, so have you expressed any of these important viewpoints to city council, especially now that the meetings are online? You can watch them online. No, I, no, I didn't think no. so. Okay. Well, yeah, tell them what you think. They've been uh, honestly, they've been talking about this police station for 2 years. I don't even live in the city and I know 1% about it. So, yeah, check it out. Check out city council. One of their meetings was held telephonically in a conference call and I think I think Dale decided <laughs> to leave us. <laughs> so well, much for your opinion of what well, he ought to do. <laughs> uh, well, and I you know, you, you hope the city's doing what he asked and that's, you know, due diligence and making sure that they're spending the dollars correctly. It's uh, it's a big topic. But everybody can go to a city council meeting now. No more excuses. It's a telephone call or an or email click away. And, uh, of course, we got a great city council and a great I'm sure manager. the county commissioners have enough to worry about without being held accountable oh, for Sunbury. Well, yeah, get some money from the prison, <laughs> the prison statement. Uh, but one of our listeners, this is the subject of our next email. Yeah, it says, a million dollars to renovate an existing building for a police station? Good grief. For a million dollars, why not build a new station that meets criteria up front? And contrary to Chief Hare's comment that a one-way main street won't be an issue is debatable. Using an alley for two-way access can be an issue and an inconvenience. Be interesting to see how much of that million dollars will be paid for with grants as opposed to money from the taxpayers. 
Well, he should know. I mean, he's been a city police officer, what, 20 years or so, uh, maybe longer. Uh, Sunbury's never had a police station that was uh, had a two-way street on both sides of it. I mean, if you think where it was on Market Street, that's one way uh, on Market Street. And when it was no, at its Market new... Market Street's not one way. It is at the park. You can only go one way around the park. Oh, or one way around the park. Right. No argument. Plus but up the where, alley they, where, where they are, it's two ways. Plus the alley where it's at is one way. So, But what I haven't heard them say is what they're going to do with the old building and whether or not any from the sale of it or from something they can reven, uh, realize any revenue from the old building, tearing it down right. or well, whatever. Yeah, you never know. I mean, uh, what, what's the value of that building to the right buyer? Well, there's know. a beautiful vault in there that would be worth something Hundreds to somebody. Of of dollars, probably cost hope. a fortune to tear it down. It's probably a $100,000 building or so with the vault in it. It'd be a great... Uh, bar or something. Well, that and the building next door has been condemned, I believe. So there's a lot that could be done downtown, but... Get some of these big thinkers in there. Right. But yeah, a million dollars is a lot for renovations. There's no argument there. But a police station is not a... Uh, an apartment. You know, you don't just put in a little kitchen and a bunch of tables and chairs and say, okay, this is a police station now. Well, they have to have communications. They have to have uh, probably one, some kind of a holding cell, right. interview room, security interview cell. rooms. You a radio room, equipment room, locker room, showers. I mean, it's, don't think you need a radio room. Don't they, uh, don't they depend on the county to dispatch them? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, well, maybe they don't need a radio. Right? Well, maybe some subcommunications. But in any event, uh, you're certainly going to want some of it under roof, so you have, uh, if not a true sally port, you have at least uh-huh. you're out of the rain to take people in and out. Well, and I think if anybody is positioned to know whether or not the traffic would be an issue, I think Brad's positioned to make that decision and make it quite accurately, I think. Right, yeah, and the city's never had a police station that didn't have at least one-way street on one side or the other. But in any event, you know, Joe and I are almost speculating on this. This has been talked about about and talked about and talked about. I mean, we have meetings about the new police station in our archive. When we search our own archive, they start about three years ago about let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation. So, right. um, No doubt it's needed. You know, I don't doubt for a minute it's needed. The question is going to be how much of that, and I agree, the question will be how much of that cost can they cover with grants? But I think Jody Ocker is a very bright lady, and if, it, if there are grants out there, I'm sure she'll find them. If there's a dollar, they'll find it. All right, so we are talking about the city police department. Uh, we also mentioned Joe Biden we also have the virus underway. So uh, Yes, we want to know how many of our liberal friends stand with the accuser and who believe that we should believe the survivors. I stand with her. Get rid of Joe Biden. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. There we go. I said it. Andrew Cuomo would be a perfectly fine uh, uh, candidate. And Something uh, wrong with Bernie Sanders? Uh, yes, there is something wrong with Bernie Sanders. He's, he's no... He's a mean old man, but other than No that. Andrew Cuomo. <laughs> 1-800-795-9565. Yeah, please give us a buzz. So got a couple of topics that kind of rose to the top here today. What's on your mind? Uh, dial the number and express that view. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC Way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark, 1-800-795-9565. One of our listeners says the president doesn't have enough intelligence. Read that. Uh, good morning. I heard on the news today that this virus will be here until August and may come back again in the fall, signed Bob. And it would have been much easier for all of us if, when the president first got intelligence on the possibility of the virus spread in January, he got all the 50 governors and the CDC together to form a plan. Gee, that would be a, would have been a great idea, you know, if he had actually known how how great it was. The thing, the thing that cracks me up is that people who say, "Oh, it's not China's fault." Well, and, you know, I think we need to look into what China knew and what the World Health what Organization. What difference does that knew. make? It would have made a big difference if they had said, uh, for example, that this virus is extremely contagious. You know, that what we're seeing here, we're locking down the entire population of these cities, and we're still getting the spread. And here's the infection rate. They did, I think, uh, give them the sequence of the um, the DNA, of the, I guess, of the of the virus. Mm-hmm. But you know, how how soon did they do that? You know, I, I certainly believe that things could have been done a little differently and a little better. In the U.S. In hindsight. That's in hindsight. I mean, actually, my vision of what I should have done in the past is perfect. It's my vision of what I should do now and going forward that sometimes <laughs> is a little hazy. What should I do? <laughs> what does God want me to do? That's the real question. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Maybe, you know, in hindsight, if we knew more from China, that would be fine. But really, that doesn't influence our decision now. Uh, what China did and didn't do, what the president did or didn't do doesn't, doesn't mean that much to me. I don't have that many worries about it. One of our listeners says... Uh, will the virus be here in August? Well, I, w- I would certainly think so. You know, we, you know, it would be inconceivable we'd have a vaccine uh, before the end of the year, though that's not impossible that we could have a vaccine before the end of the year. And even then, not everybody's going to get it, so that we'll still have the virus around. But it'll still be plentiful all summer and all through August. Uh, we're going to be doing social distancing and, and what mitigation we can, but we're unfortunately going to be dealing with this virus for a, at least a year and then longer. So okay. this no, the whole so. year's the whole year shot. So who knows if we'll have school this fall? You know, do you want to put all the kids back together in a group again where, you know, each one each one distributes the virus to the next? But they were they were still having school while the virus was spreading, and I haven't heard of any schools that you know where th- thousands of kids or hundreds of kids got sick. No, not here. No, yeah. definitely not. But elsewhere, yes, schools were an excellent opportunity for transmission in New York State, but not here. Yeah, we didn't. We shut down before we had it here prevalently, which is uh, to our benefit. That helped us. Uh, Stan, you're on the mark. Thank you so much for calling in. Good morning. Uh, you say that. Well, I mean, Biden should be replaced by Cuomo. Do you realize that uh, Cuomo has way more blood on his hands with the death of people from this COVID-19 than Trump ever has? He demanded that nursing homes in New York State take patients that were recovering from the coronavirus and didn't have the ability to protect their other elderly patients or residents. 
He demanded it. I, I don't worry about what the president did or didn't do. You know, like my eyesight is totally forward. If the president made a huge mistake, well, then I'm he sure. He's talking about Joe Biden. I'm getting to that. Okay. I'm talking about Cuomo. Right. Cuomo, Biden, I'm, Cuomo. Right. Cuomo has, you know, he demanded that those nursing homes take, and that's where the largest percentage of people that died from this in New York City and state are in the nursing homes. So you're saying, in hindsight, Andrew Cuomo made a no, massive. No, 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 not in hindsight. He said it was the law that they could not refuse those people. They knew that, what, what, were they, what have they been telling us since the beginning of this? The elderly and frail are the most susceptible to this COVID-19, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So you have people in nursing homes, which are elderly and frail. You have people that had the COVID. They were in the hospital. They were recovering from it, but they were still contagious. They, the city, the state demanded that these nursing homes take these people back into their facilities. So the, the facilities the, aren't designed to treat those kind of people. So Andrew Cuomo made a fatal mistake when it comes to the oh, he's, coronavirus. He's, yeah, he's saying, claiming it's the law. Well, I'm sorry. There, you know, exceptions can be made to law, especially so, like something like this. I guess the law must be that you can't refuse patients in the nursing home. Under typical circumstances, yeah, but I think under a disaster right. declaration, you got to be able to get around. Okay, so he made a huge mistake there. All right, well noted. Uh, you know, he'll certainly and, never and, do that any again. Other, any other thing? Now he's threatened to investigate these nursing homes and, and possibly pull their license because they didn't do enough to stop this from spreading in their nursing homes. When he's the one that demanded that these people come in and infect the, the nursing homes. Now, I'm sure he didn't intend for them to, to infect it, but they could. They had plenty of hospital beds in New York City to take these recovering patients. It was in the Javits Center and on the on the hospital ship. So that Lawrence was barely is, utilized uh, in both cases. Lawrence's worthless swap at the top of the Democratic ticket is a is a, a non-starter for you, right? <laughs> well, anybody at the top of the Democrats, the ticket's a non-starter right, okay. for me. So, but why Biden, do you even yeah, care? Biden, you know, he, he, when's he going to answer for, for what he's accused of? When, I don't when's know. he going to be asked a question? I don't that's know. Question. That, that's when a good question. When is he going to be asked a question about this accusation? Well, yeah, the mainstream media wouldn't dare ask him. And matter of fact, the New York Times called his campaign to run the story by them, and then they made a change to it because the campaign didn't like it. We might have to wait well, until a debate or something. He wouldn't, he wouldn't sit for an interview with yeah, the, I'll, I'll with the New York Times. Oh, this it. transparency, it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's been a dud since the get go, and I think this is just further evidence of that. Time for a new candidate. Uh, well, you know, uh, so how the how the Democrats going to do that? I don't you know. know. They have a, we have a primary <laughs> system. The governor of New York canceled the primary in New York. So what's that doing for all the other candidates on the down ballot? Well, yeah, who knows? I mean, you know, well, plus their delegates. That's They have to pick delegates, too. How are they going to do that? Right. They have other state so races that won't be decided. And, and if Biden should be forced to withdraw or drop out or whatever, who's next in line? It shouldn't be anybody but Bernie, because he's the one with the most other delegates, correct? Right. Yeah, that's what... Right. Well, I think what would happen is that Joe Biden would release his delegates, and they would be free to float wherever they wanted to go. All right, we've got to take ah, the next caller. Okay. Excellent question, Stan. <laughs> Keep up the like good work. scamming to me. <laughs> Thanks. Thank Thanks, you, Stan. Stan. Than, you're on the mark. We go from Stan to Than. Good morning. How are you this morning? Good. I think something's unbalanced on your program, if I may say so. <clears throat> you both have turned into media-hating Republicans, and I'm not going to listen if you're going to continue doing that. The media, though 
flawed as it always has been, is still the place where you get the truth. Calling them the main street, lame media, and all that stuff doesn't make any difference. Both of you are listening to way too much Limbaugh and Trump saying he's got everything under control when nothing is really under control at the moment. And if you're both going to just go to the right and decide that the Democrats are dumb and the Republicans have everything, your program is not worth listening. You haven't even heard us speak that way. Nobody on this program said anything of the sort. We, oh, we offer, of course we haven't. Have. Oh, I, both of you demean the Democrats. Both of you attack the Democratic governors. Both of you attack the uh, United States uh, Democratic Party and Governor Wolf. I mean, it's one-sided. How many times have you heard me say that I believe Governor Wolf is doing the best he can and he's acting in what he believes to be the genuine best interest of the state? If you haven't heard me say that, you haven't been listening to the program. I I have heard you say that, but I always hear you say... It's just not enough, and the Democratic governors don't do enough. And, don't and the, the fact uh, that Mark has changed to your side is bothering And do the Democrats say that the president deserves a break and that he should get some credit for what he's accomplished? Haven't heard that, then. Have you? I absolutely think he should get credit for what he has accomplished. He also has to get the credit for not knowing that the buck stops there at the president's desk. And so does the governor. everybody, blaming China, whether they did a good or bad or upsetting job, is way past worrying about. Well, let's let's take... we have to know how to fix what we have. Let's take an example here. I remember you calling this program adamant about Judge Kavanaugh being thoroughly investigated and all these charges against him examined. I haven't heard you say a word about Tara Reid. Well, of course you you have you haven't because so far, just like all of the accusers, we are not sure what's happening. Oh, now, I think we are fairly sure. Out, if it turns out that Joe Biden has been something of an aggressor sexually, there are two ways to look at it. One is he ought to get out of picture. The other is he just joined Trump, who was having an affair with a porn star while his wife was president, Kavanaugh, who loves his beer and broads, and uh, what's the other guy? Most of them. So all he would do is join a party of men who are really irrationally uh, chauvinist. Oh, so then it doesn't bother you when it's a Democrat. It only bothers you when it's a Republican, and you say we're being unfair? Wait a minute. Uh, I don't think I made a difference there. I think that it... Oh, you did, brother. You did. Well, let me ask Let me ask Mark, what in the world happened to you? Well, I now, never... Uh, Joe Biden's I, I been a flawed... I don't, by the way, I don't want to get away from the Biden thing, because this I so far do not understand about, and it's everywhere. It's not as though you can't find it. Well, I am. You uh, can't find it on MSNBC or CNN. I'm a semi-intelligent well, person because I learned about it there, but that's a whole other story. All right, so here's the rub, Dan. I'm a semi-intelligent person. I try to take in information from all sides. I try not to be party loyal. I try to be independent and objective and look at information. Uh, so, to that end, in my view, Biden's been a flawed candidate since the get-go. And the most disappointing thing for the Democrats is that they picked a candidate who's just as they or 
I'm sorry, they had so many other good candidates to choose from, and then they picked him. It was So, so that's the irony I see. President can, Trump could not be more of a buffoon than ever. So I was just going to ask you if you could still consider him to be a buffoon. Right. So, you know, you and I, then, are still in the same camp in that regard. I'm still a registered Democrat. And just because I don't like Joe Biden, I'm sorry, I can't say, oh, I'm a Democrat. I can only speak positively of Joe Biden. It's obvious that he's in hot water with this. He's been found out being the same as most other presidents. I agree with you that President Trump's idea of fidelity is only having one mistress at a time. So it is definitely just puts him in the same camp at that. Whether our, our, our better candidate would be Andrew Cuomo, I don't know why you find that so offensive that somebody would say that or that uh, uh, Bernie Sanders would be a better candidate at the top of the ticket. But the show's as balanced as it's ever been. Sometimes objectivity, you just can't stand it and it, and it looks it looks right to you, but that's only because you're so far left. How many times did you mention that the mainstream media is putting out uh, non-factual information? How many times? Uh, I don't know that they put out non, er, non-factual information. It just has a bias. For example, the Washington Post is obviously, if you read it, I mean, they, well, they don't even hide it anymore. They're the MSNBC of newspapers. New York Times is relatively objective in many cases, especially related to the coronavirus. Those are the only two newspapers. Penn Live doesn't seem to have any sort of a, a beef in this fight. They seem very objective. And you don't have any problem with the uh, New York Times calling the Biden campaign running the story past them and then making changes to it when they objected. That's not what happened. That's what happened. If they do something like that, I'm entirely indifferent uh, against it. But uh, uh, I am not against the fourth estate. And both of you sound very much like you'd like to get rid of the fourth estate. Well, no one wants to get rid of it. We need some like ombudsmen the... out there that would uh, make it more objective. we got to take another like call. like to get rid of the hypocrisy surrounding it. That would be nice. Thank you, Than. Thank you <laughs> so much. Than, I think you may need a new phone. It's always some strange sound behind you. Wow, that's, uh, he's doing. He's, he's holding it as steady as possible. Okay. All right, what do we got to do? we got Mike's. another caller before the break. One more caller before the break. Mike, you're on the radio. Go right ahead. I was living dangerously this morning. I uh, locked up all the knives and guns, shut the door, and I turned on Good Morning America. <laughs> and lo and behold, they didn't disappoint me. I mean, I, I was ready to slip my wrist listening to everything they had to say. And uh, you know, it's just the end of the world here. The, the food supply is drying up. Uh, you know, it's going to be a run on food, but don't worry. They, they said there's enough. You know, so I, I just don't understand. You know. The news these days. I mean, we're hearing everything. Like they said, a plant, one of these uh, food processing plants, fifty percent of the people working there tested positive. Now, to me, if it, if they kept, the plant must have been running, okay, and then they tested everybody, and half of them had the virus. So, what's going on if fifty percent of the people can show up work with the virus and still get the job done? I, I don't understand it. Good question. Well, I don't know. Yeah, we'd have to know all the specifics of that. But uh, I know a lot of these meat plants, they work in pretty close quarters. And uh, so they're breathing the same air. They're working right next to each other. Of course, people are asymptomatic. you got to remember that. So people don't know that they have it. So they're spreading it. So. Well, here's what here's what I get, what I don't get, Mike. Uh, there's I saw a story that said they were going to kill some 45,000 chickens. Here's an odd question. Why, Pennsylvania. Why do you have to kill them? Why not just feed them? and not get any new chickens until these can be safely sold later on. Why kill them? 
I don't know. I think you have to talk to a chicken farmer, but I think that they, if, you, if you're spending money to feed them and you're not getting any payment for them, that's like bad business. That's what I would think. Right. Yeah, you got, you're, it's well, an ongoing Well, there's got to be a, a cost involved with disposing of 45,000 chickens and killing them. How do you kill them? Well, yeah, I'm sure you don't wring each one's neck individually, right? That's a good question. I no, no, I, I don't know. Do you, do, do you gas them or something? I have no idea. That's a good question. But hey, I just wanted to say, here, here's the deal. In China, they had this virus. It may have been there in October, going around. Okay, and thousands and thousands of people came to the United States. They left the people in in that province of Hubei, I guess it's called. They left them fly out of the country, but they couldn't fly out of that province into China. If you, if you wanted out, you had to leave the country. <laughs> and, and this had been going on, and we, we didn't know about it. So to me, China bears some responsibility here. Now, I'm not saying they're, they're fully responsible, but the idea that we could try to contain something after it had been here for months before we really knew it, is ridiculous. All right. Well, Mike, let's let's stipulate that China bears total responsibility. This is entirely their fault. So what? So now what? What what does that lead us to? Now we have that conclusion. What's our response? You realize people are suing them. All right. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Go after them business wise. That's fine. But what what's our response? Okay. Well, the response. Well, the first thing I would do is I would say, hey, all you young reporters sitting in the peanut gallery. Don't embarrass yourself by asking stupid questions. That'd be the first thing I would say. And then the, the second thing I would say, hey, we have to look at this responsibly. If, if this virus can be spread so easily and we don't know whether it has long-lasting effects or not, and the idea that we're going to have a, uh, what, what do they call that thing that makes you not susceptible to it? I, the name escapes me right now. The vaccine? The vaccine, yeah. The vaccine, yeah. It, from what I understand, do we have vaccines that really prevent viruses? I, I, I think that's up for debate. So we are in a tough situation, and the survival of this economy and this country and, and our livelihood is at risk. And I think we need to start working together more than we are right now. We, we need to stop sensationalizing every story and try to talk about it as adults, because this thing may, may get a lot worse before it gets better. And we're not hearing that from any... I, mean, I just don't think we're having that type of conversation. You know, we, here in Bloomsburg, you, you know that the McGee, well, the old McGee, they call it uh, auto name right now, is a major employee, and they weren't even allowed to operate with 50 people to supply an order. And now that company has to go out and buy product from a competitor to fulfill their order. And, and to me... It doesn't make any sense to, to make people jump through these hoops like this when it can be done relatively safely. I, I, you know, it, I, I just I I don't agree with bashing Trump every day on every every news out uh, outlet is the way to go. I don't think it's productive, and I think it's muddling up the uh, 
the conversation. All now, right. Okay. We got to go. Don't get me wrong. Trump. Thank Trump you so much. Talk less. Yeah, we have lots right? of virus vaccinations. So what? Measles, mumps, rubella. I remember Polio. that. And the flu and a wide range of viruses. We have. Hey, vaccines. thanks, Mike. Appreciate your call. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We got a couple open lines on the mark. Brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. They're doing online sales. So reach them at sunburymotors.com. Say contact us. Say I need a new Ford, Hyundai, Kia, or Lincoln, or I need one of those pre-owned vehicles that are in perfect condition. They've already sold a couple of vehicles, and they would love to do a couple of more. You just can't make it any easier uh, while you step out of your vehicle to go test drive your new vehicle. The keys are in it. It's waiting for you down there. They don't even have to talk to you. You step out of your vehicle. They look at your car from a safe distance, give it the once over and say it's worth uh, tens of thousands of dollars. And, and they say that'll be your trade-in and they work out a deal. And you can sign via video or if you're up for it, you can actually see one person within six feet. Social distancing. But bottom line, the online sales works and works and works and works. And they would just uh, love uh, to chit chat with you about that and make sure that you are a happy customer and you would be the millionth customer of the day at the Sunbury Motor Company <coughs> purchasing cars online Ford, Hyundai, Kia, Lincoln plus hundreds of pre-owned vehicles all perfect and ready to go at the Sunbury Motor Company when it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark, 1-800-795-9565. Al, thank you for standing by for the better part of two hours to wait. You're on the mark. Hello. I'm glad that you took my call finally. Anyway, uh, I wrote down last week about the China, how this all got started, and they were experimenting with coronaviruses uh, and for good or bad, whatever way, but they were experimenting and a piece of it got away. And then when, instead of telling everybody in the world, you know, the truth, they decided to uh, lock down Wuhan district and nobody was allowed out of the Wuhan district unless you went to an international flight. All the domestic flights were stopped. You couldn't go anywhere in, the, in that part of the country. So if you wanted to leave and you know, they said New Year's and all this stuff, their New Year's. But anyways, you went from there, they were able to take uh, no domestic flights, but the international flights were wide open. And that by taking all the international flights, of course, people went all over the world, and, and it was just like sowing the seed. And they sowed the seed of this disaster, so I hold them, you know, 95% responsible because of just the lack of candor and, and working with the World Health Center. I mean, the world, you know, the 
the Center for World Disease or whatever. Uh, the World Health Organization? Away. World Health. World Health. And uh, they, worked, they worked for the Chinese at that point, so we had a lot stacked up against us in the beginning. And uh, this just goes to show you that we're learning a life and death lesson here. People are dying. People are living. And I always said right from the beginning, protect the vulnerable and the old. And we know how to do this and keep the country open and prospering at the same time. Because we're going to have to learn that China controls us highly. And that is not good. So the best thing we can take out of this is never trust China. And I've been saying that a long time <laughs> on this program. Never trust China at all. They are not. They, are, they want to take over as the world power, no. which we are. And us being the world power has brought this whole world out of poverty. If you understand your history, the poverty is less now. And things are getting corrupt, so every once in a while you need a good revolution. And if you keep this going on, what's going to happen is people are going to get so bent out of shape. And I know how I was when I was younger. Uh, they're not going to take it much longer. They're going to be marching somewhere and doing something, and who knows what it will be. But it, it, it will be uh, social chaos like you, you wouldn't believe if they keep this up any longer. Okay. Well, I think the WHO is China-centric because there's a billion Chinese people. I mean, there's, it's the largest single population in the world. But so. they don't care about anybody over there. Some people that are getting the virus, the reason the virus is down, if you watch all the news and listen to all the theories, they're not going to the hospital. They're not going in isolation anywhere. They're going straight to the incinerator. Who? People are. People are going straight oh, to the incinerator, okay. and you can see it from space that we're... They're burning organic materials. Well, that they doesn't have anything to do with space. the WHO, though. So, All right, we're three minutes in now. Thank you so much. I really oh, appreciate it. I only get three minutes, Bob. Well, I'll, if you I'll have something else to say. Go. Well, we got three other calls backed up, and we try to That's hold good. to the limit when I'm we have other calls. Of the callers. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks. I really appreciate well, thank it. Thanks for, thanks for being a great listener. Uh, we'll take a quickie. Oh, no, no, we got to do Carl before the break. He's a busy farmer. Uh, good morning, sir. Last caller Good morning, before the break. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I heard I heard you ask the question, why are they killing the chickens? How are they killing it? And how do they get rid of them? I can answer that real quick. Okay. The reason they're killing the chickens is a chicken gains about one pound per week. Oh my and gosh! Holy smokes! They'll yeah, be as big as a yeah, turkey in no time. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, so if you they get they'll get too big for the equipment that they have at the processing plant. Oh, interesting. And that's the reason. That's the reason they're killing. How do they kill them? There's two methods. They use a uh, biodegradable foam that they go into the chicken house and spray the foam and it suffocates them. Or they just shut down the fans in the chicken house, turn up the heat, and they suffocate. And, I, I mean, that's, that's been going on around the valley. Uh, one process that I know of that I actually, I actually participated in the, the process killed 193,000 chickens two weeks ago. Oh, my gosh. And how do they dispose of them? They actually just... After they die, they take the skid loader, they push them on the pile, and they cover them with sawdust, and then they compost, and they put them on the field. So that that answers the three questions. Okay. Well, and not to be gross or anything, but a chicken's fate on a farm is pretty grim anyway. Well, I'm a pole. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he's either going to the dinner table dead or he's going to the landfill dead. It's easy with people going hungry. It's a shame to waste such a great resource. Oops, she's it going to the landfill horrible, dead. Thank you. Horrible. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Like I said, I participated in one of these last week, and it, it's horrible. There were oh, yeah. over 20,000 chickens in about an hour. 
Jeez. and they got pushed they got pushed onto a pile covered with sawdust and then in about three weeks they're going to be just spread out on the field they'll you know they'll decompose very rapidly because of, of all the heat that's developed all but right that uh we got to get going. That's how they do it and why they do it. All right. Thank you thank so you, much. Carl. I knew you were out Unsettling there. Unsettling news, but thank you for it. <laughs> you need a good farmer in your audience. Hopefully we got a couple of them. We'll be right back. There's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, let's get to the phones. Uh, Ken has been ultra patient. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. You get uh, 90 seconds. Yes, good morning, Mark. Uh, yes, I was just calling. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm an elderly gentleman, and uh, I rely on the computer, of course, as the world does today. But unfortunately, I don't own a computer, and I have always access to the libraries. And I'm just wondering why, if when things get yellow next week, if they do, why the libraries couldn't be opened up. I know the schools aren't going to be opened, and they close the libraries the same time they close the schools. So by appointment or one, like five or so people at a time, it seems like the libraries could be open and they could still keep safe distancing. Oh, I agree with you. That's a good point. Right, especially most people don't stay at the library. You go there, you get something, you leave. Uh, although the newspapers, if you're going to read newspapers or use the computers there, you'd be there for several hours. I know, good suggestion. We'll put that to the governor. He's got more availabilities coming up this week. We'll make sure we ask him. Thank you so much, Ken. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate uh, your call. Cindy, last caller of the day. Good morning. You're on the mark. Boy, that was a great suggestion, and I hope the legislature... Make passes a law that stipulates some of these things so that we don't run headlong into the all-or-nothing response again. But I wanted to say, Joe, I conducted our experiment. I went into the store. I purchased a box of wine. I went out of the store. I went back into the <laughs> store. I really did do this. Uh-huh. And they let me buy another box of wine. So that's your answer. <laughs> However, I understand they're limiting how many things you can purchase at the state stores right now which I think is just ridiculous. Well, you mean they ha- they've, they've got your name and they say, okay, she, Cindy's bought two, she's off the list now? <laughs> You're off the list. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. Maybe I'll be getting a ticket for doing this. Well, yeah, you could. <laughs> I would a, wa- a wine I mean, ticket, that, that would be annoying. I we're prioritizing are just ridiculous, aren't they? I mean, here we are with this crisis and they're counting whether or not you have one or two boxes. I mean, it's just, just ridiculous. Well, it's a pen, it's let's a remember that this was in the law that allowed the wine to be put in the grocery stores <coughs> in the first place. This rule about you can only buy one box, B-O-X, one box of wine at a time, was put in that original legislation. <laughs> well, 
Not everything in this world makes sense, Cindy, as you well know. That's for sure, Joe. <laughs> we finally discovered the irony in state government. Perfect. All right. Thank you so Thanks. much. Thanks, Cindy. I appreciate that. Thank you, everybody who participated. We're going to have open phones for 90 minutes tomorrow. So if you got cut off, couldn't get in, didn't get on, or have more to say, do it tomorrow at 8.30 a.m. on On the Mark on News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. 10 o'clock.